Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA. Joining us from New York City, back from Boston. Uh, oh wait, it's, I should say it's Thursday afternoon. Sorry. Ooh, uh, in, you come just coming back from the, from Boston, where he was at the Nets Celtics, where the Celtics just be slapped the um, the Nets on Wednesday night. It's Tim Bontemps. Hmm. Celtics got all their reverse regression done all at once. How are we doing? There was no end of game officiating controversy other than the refusal <laughs> to make it a running clock was the yeah, only that, controversy. That is correct. That would have been I'll tell you what, the best part about that game is it ended in under two hours. It was that was is that, right? that yeah. well, there was there were no fouls, there were no turnovers, and there were a lot of shots made. So there was no stoppages for just about anything. Joining us from Dallas, where he's been frozen in with the Detroit Pistons for days after getting back from Salt Lake City, Span McMahon. Howdy, partners. The Mavericks are are trying to convince the Pistons just to leave Boyan Bogdanovich here, but they don't seem willing to uh, <laughs> to donate him to the cause. I don't understand why Detroit couldn't get out. Why didn't they just leave uh, after the game? Apparently, they had some like mechanical issues ah, post game, and then if you didn't get out that night, I understand that. these okay. last couple of days, or they should be able to to head on home. Uh, today, Pelicans should be able to come on down. Hey, Pelicans, I'm I'm sure they're thrilled. So we've lost nine straight, flying in day of. This is just awesome. <laughs> well, they were been in or they've been in Denver, right? That's where they've been. Yes, yes. Uh, I saw that the Grizzlies, that same storm that hit Dallas, moved through um, Memphis. Now the game will be over by the time you hear this, but Memphis got delayed coming out of uh, Memphis last night because of the weather there, and I saw that they didn't land in Cleveland until like 3.30 a.m. for their back-to-back. Now, well, now that some I've of those Grizzlies are used to 3.30 a.m., you know, <laughs> still being up. So I don't know if that's too much of a disadvantage. Yeah, well, um, now that I've said that, they'll probably womp Cleveland at home. But uh, I did look and see what time that plane touched down, and it was well after 3 a.m. So um, anyway, trade deadline is one week from the – now we're talking six days from the time the pod is posting – I just want to kind of go around the league and take a look at some teams, um, what they've got on their plate as they go into this deadline. This deadline could end up being uh, very quiet with only a couple of role players moved around that just basically sets the table for the summer. Or it could be interesting where we see a couple of um, significant players traded to contenders. We just don't know. And by the way, I don't think the league knows either. The only place to start with the trade deadline, at least where we're at here, is the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors... Mm -hmm are two and three on their seven-game Western trip. I think their remaining games are at Houston and at Memphis. But they're two and three. It's not turning around for them. And the whole league is in a circle around the Raptors watching what they're going to do. And Bontemps, you were in Toronto a month ago. You were writing about this exact same thing. You were foreseeing that the Raptors are going to control the deadline, and it has only been magnified. And so... Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the Raptors could trade four players by next week. They could trade one player. They could trade two players. They could trade, um, you know, some combination. They could trade four players. Uh, to me, the, the whole deadline uh, pivots on the Raptors. You have a good familiarity with what's going on there. Yeah, I mean, we're, re we're really in the same place we've been in since the start of January, the Raptors were going to wait until they got back from this road trip to decide what they were going to do. They were going to take it down to the wire and then they were going to decide probably at two 30 next week, 
next Thursday afternoon, what they're going to do one way or the other. I, I think, you know, they're still a game and a half out of 10th with this play in tournament. It does. You know, I think if you look at Masai Ujiri's history, he has tended to be pretty conservative in these types of situations. They haven't made, you know, they were in lots of discussions for Kyle Lowry famously a few years ago, ended up not trading him at the deadline when Philly and the Lakers and, uh, Miami, we're all trying to get him then. They ended up getting him to Miami later in a sign of trade in the offseason. It wouldn't be stunning to me if a similar thing plays out here where there's all this talk about what the Raptors are going to do and they wind up doing nothing. Um, but certainly, when you talk about the possibility for this deadline to be fairly mundane or very interesting, there's no question that if the Raptors really decide to push their chips into the middle of the table with guys like Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent, they do have the ability to make this a pretty blockbuster trade deadline. But I think it's more likely that, like you said, they end up being on the, the smaller end of that scale where maybe one of the guards, Gary Trent or Fred Van Vliet, ends up getting moved as they're both potential unrestricted free agents in a few months. But I, I just based off Toronto's history and sort of the way they've approached all this stuff, I don't think we're going to get, I would guess we're not going to get the blockbuster massive trades that everybody who's sort of waiting for excitement at the deadline would want to see. McMahon, the key, a key thing to me is I've talked to people in the league in the last 48 hours. Mm -hmm. If the Raptors move, because Woj talked last week about the possibility of three first round picks for Galagoji and Anobi, but there's some belief that if the Raptors decide to sell, that they may not prioritize draft picks, that That's they might prioritize too. young players because mm -hmm. they have scotty barnes in house i would be stunned if they trade siakam but yes uh, i think he that's the that's the most the least likely thing to be traded and if you have i would, siakam, agree. You have I would agree with that too so if if they're if they're going to trade us og i think there's an auction that develops and i think you got two different types of bidders teams that are willing to offer draft picks and teams that can offer young players mcmahon and that would be First question, do the Raptors sell? Second question, what kind of sales are going to be? Well, and, and I think that uh, there's also teams that might be able to give you some of both, right? right. And I, I've talked a lot about how great a fit I think that uh, Ananobi could be in Memphis. You know, how much – they have a lot of young players, right? Uh, how much do the Raptors like guys like Zaire Williams, Santi Aldama, um, you know, David Roddy, Jake LaRavia, you know, I don't know, New Orleans, you know, I mean, how much do they've got this a lot of young talent the, there. This is the one New Orleans is the one. Okay. And the, both those teams also have, they have both, I believe one extra pick to play with plus all of their own. So like I said, there can be a combination type of deal, uh, with, with those teams. Um, there, look, I think, I agree with you. Siakam would be very surprising. Barnes is obviously completely off the limits. Um, other than that, to me, like, are you paying Fred Van Vliet? Because it's either get something now. I guess you could argue that there, there could be an opportunity for you to do a sign of trade, you know, but you know, you're, you're hearing a lot of murmurs about, I'll just go ahead and say, you're hearing a lot of murmurs about, Hey, the Orlando magic are willing to throw a lot of money his way this summer. And they they don't need help in a sign and trade that you know they've got uh, they've got cap space um, and a need for a point guard. 
So the you know the Clippers the Clippers had you know we talked about this on the hit YouTube show Howdy Partners this week where <laughs> Wendy got those fingers firing and was uh, my most high profile guest yet. No disrespect to to uh, the USWB the urine soaked wet blanket Tim Bontemps, but the Clippers do have some young talent. You know if if they're talking about hey you know Terrence Mann BJ Boston those type of players. You know, Luke Kennard makes some salary work. They do have an extra pick. If they want to be aggressive going after Van Vliet, they can. But Ananobi's really the one where if the Raptors are looking to kind of renovate that roster and get a haul in return around Siakam and Barnes, I think Ananobi's the one where you're really going to get a bidding award. All right, I'm going to list the teams that I think would would consider consider do we all have that word right consider a bid for ananobi if he were available let's say that again consider if i'm gonna start with new orleans Mm. because they have picks they have their own picks they have the lakers pick and swap this year Uh, i should say they don't have the lakers pick they have the swap this year they have a future lakers pick as well but they can trade the swap um they also have some really nice young players from Trey Murphy, Dyson Daniels, Herb Jones. They have um, Devontae Graham, who they could use as ballast in a trade. They have Jackson Hayes, who I think potentially could be available in a trade. They can offer a whole bunch of different stuff. Now, what they're willing to offer, that's a different story. Right. Um, but I think that if Toronto were to decide to, to trade Ananobi, I think uh, Bobby Webster would be on the phone with David Griffin. That would be one of the first calls. They probably, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you, you just, you laid it out right there. Dyson Daniels, the Lakers swap that to me, if Toronto is looking to do an OG deal, that's the kind of deal that has the kind of upside that Toronto, I think is going to look at. Like, I, I don't see to me, Memphis has not shown any interest in making the kind of trade it would take to get them a guy like OG Ananobi, but the amount of picks that have to give up, the amount of young players that have to give up. We've seen Memphis time and again pass on every one of these kind of moves and instead stick to the we're going to draft, we're going to develop, we're going to have our, you know, we're going to replace guys like Anthony Melton with younger guys behind them, not going to spend money. I, and also, if you look at that package of guys, like their young guys are nice. Their picks are have some limited upside for a while, given where that team is headed. That New Orleans, you've got a potential a top 10 pick in Dyson Daniels in his rookie year. You've got a Lakers swap that, you know, even though the Lakers are playing better, that certainly got a pretty good chance of being a lottery pick. Um, that those are the kind of premium assets that I think Toronto's going to be looking at over if I had to guess also, if they do a trade over quantity from other teams. Also, Memphis has kind of let it be known that you know they love their core and they don't want to they don't want to harm it. And I well, I, I, I kind of get it. And and but we're talking about doing something outside of their core. They're Bane's off limits, Jackson's off limits, obviously Jaws off limits. I'm talking about young guys who are friends. I think they rotation. get outbid. I think they get outbid in that scenario. Okay. Uh, what about uh, York, what about Phoenix? Phoenix is interesting. Um, Phoenix owns all their picks going forward. They could put in Cam Johnson mm-hmm. potentially. Um, that's a guy who he's 26, 27, needs a contract, but mm-hmm. um, he's ready made to go in there and play. Uh, would fit, frankly, fit nicely. Um, but I'm not, that to me would be one of those things 
where is it picks or players? Because the 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 core of Phoenix's offer would probably be future multiple future first round picks. Uh, the Knicks are interesting here in an Ananobi discussion. They have all those first rounders. They also have a couple of attractive young players: Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, um, Obi Toppin. You know, Obi Toppin. I'm just gonna say it would make no sense for the Knicks to trade for OG Ananobi to me. I mean that that to me is a lesser version of what they passed on doing this summer. I agree. Donovan I Mitchell. agree. I, I sort of just have to cover him because I think that they would have a package. I, I think they would can be done. Are, 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 are you counting Cam Reddish in the intriguing young players conversation? I don't know. I think Cam Reddish will get tra- Cam Reddish hasn't say, seen the court in weeks. So yeah, I, think I would he's say Cam Reddish is up. Somewhere. Cam Reddish is high up there on the list of guys that I think we'll be seeing in a new destination by the time we record this podcast next week. Really going on um, all in there. Also pay attention to the port- pay attention to the Portland Trailblazers. Um, last week I had Pelton on. They had just wrapped up this really underwhelming homestand where they were a losing record, no four and five and nine games. Um, now on the record um, with the athletic, Jeremy Grant has said he's going to, he's he turned down the extension offer from the Blazers. He's going to wait till the end of the year mm-hmm. is he can, he's outperformed probably what that is. Um, but they are from, from all the folks I'm talking to in the league, the Portland is absolutely in a buying mode. They are attempting to add pieces. I've heard them attached to some sort of role-playing bench players that they're interested in. But if Ananobi became available, I think they would be very interested. And you'd probably start an offer there with Shadon Sharp, their lottery pick that they got out of Kentucky. Um, Again, I don't know if they could get outbid, but, um, you know, they have picks. And that's a pretty attractive chip to start with. I, I mean, he, you might be trading a guy who ends up playing in multiple all-star games. He has that kind of talent. It's, it's projection and potential, but he's awfully talented. So, I mean, so you can, but see again, why. that's the kind of, but that, that again is the kind of premium piece that I think if you see OG get traded, you're going to see, those, those, I think, are the kinds of pieces you're going to be talking about. I mean, remember, it's worth pointing out. Masai's history tends to be, he's a lot like Danny Ainge. It tends to be if a deal gets done, it's one he feels really good about. Right. So I don't, you know, especially since OG's not going to be a free agent this summer, he's right. going to be extension eligible. There's, they, It's not like they have to do something now. I think you're going to, if they move him, they know there's a lot of interest in him. They're going to have to really be, bowled over to do a trade and that's going to require some pretty significant stuff going back to the Raptors. Am I forgetting about any teams that you could see that if OG is there would be frontline? I mean, the, the, the Mavericks are sniffing around. I think it would be extremely difficult for them to get into that conversation, given the, the pieces that they have. Um, you know, the Mavericks are going to explore everything, but I think the most likely scenario is they, either stand pat or operate around the fringes. I think they're having conversations now that might set up talks this summer, that, that type of thing. Temps, let me toss you one more. Okay. What about the Warriors? I don't see how the Warriors would be able to get a trade done for OG Ananobi. Wiseman, Kaminga. Like I said, I don't see how the Warriors are going to get a trade done for OG Ananobi. Okay. I just said they need premium assets back. Those are all, those are, very depreciated. I mean, Kaminga's had I mean, a Kaminga, pretty good second yeah. year, but that that's yeah. not the same level as those other okay, guys. I fair mean, enough. The one thing, real quick, just to point out is 
OG is maybe the most portable player in the league. He could fit on literally any team. Not, I'm talking about sub superstar category. Obviously, you put you're talking about the the most the the, the most adaptable plug and play yes. type. Yeah, it, obviously, any team you put Giannis or KD or whatever teams are going to find ways to make those guys work on any team. But you talk about guys just below that level. You put OG Ananobi on any team, he fits. So if if some team we haven't talked about, if they end up moving him, comes out of the word work and goes after him, it's because you could drop him in anywhere and he's going to be really effective because the stuff he does fits on any team. He's big. He can play any, you know, most several positions across the board. So there's a reason why there's so much interest in him. He could drop get dropped in on any team and it would make a lot of sense. Also, there is some... Um, mystery. I don't want to make it sound like it's that big of a deal, but about how bad OG's wrist injury is. He fell on his wrist yeah. on this West Coast trip. They said he they ruled him out for the rest of the trip. Um, he did have an MRI. Like, uh, I know Bontev's you went down on your wrist at the White House last year. How, uh, <laughs> how you know, it did. I think you had a you had a wrist strain that you were it's, you were down a, for weeks. If it, I remember, it, it definitely, definitely hurt for a while. I mean, um, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but probably. I, not I will say, I, I think OG's tougher than Bon Timps, but Bon Timps is is more willing to work leading up to the trade deadline when there's uncertainty <laughs> involved. Yeah. Uh, as far as Van Vliet goes, you mentioned Orlando. Um, I think uh, the Clippers. We mentioned briefly the Clippers. The Clippers, just in general, um, they have a lot of tradable pieces. I don't know if they don't have the premium asset but when you're trading for Van Vliet you're trading for him and the the need to pay him or, He's already turned or, or you're trading for him as a rental and then that's like do you I mean that's tough OG has just recently changed agents he has left his Fred, agency Fred Fred I'm sorry oh, you're right I apologize yes Fred has recently left. Don't his need. Agent. Don't need to get aggregated with incorrect information. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. No, thank you. I'd I get. I've problem getting aggregated enough as it is. Um, Fred has recently changed agents. He left his previous agency. There is a strong rumor in the league about where he's going to go. I'm not going to say it because I don't need to get aggregated. But it is to a big name agent. Um, but that is relevant when the team is considering what he's going to do in free agency. If he passes his bypasses, his player option and considering he has already turned down again on the record by his own admission, uh, a, a, an extension that averages $28 million a year. Um, yeah. You know, that if you're trading for him, you are also trading for the need to pay him. And that will affect many things. The Clippers are a team that they don't maybe have that premium young asset, um, there is some interest in Brandon Boston. Um, there is some interest in Luke Kennard because he is, he led the league in three point shooting last year. He's one of the leaders in three point shooting this year. Unfortunately, he's just got some, a number of injury concerns, but there is some desire for guys who can shoot. Um, they have Terrence Mann, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, McMahon, um, the Clippers are hunting around for an upgraded point guard. Van Vliet would be hitting a homer there. They've also been attached to Mike Conley. They've also right. been attached to Tyron Lue. Um, Tyron Lue. He'd be great. He'd Boy, right I tell you bench. what, you I, I, don't think, I don't think he's got a lot of juice left. You, th- you think John Wall's on the downside. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> uh, that's why in my head, Kyle Lowry's like a coach on the floor. When I was thinking of Kyle Lowry, I said Tyron. similar Similar frame as Tyron Lue these days. 
uh, Lauer with slightly slightly more decorated career than than uh, Tyloo, <laughs> although Tyloo was a champion. Um, I think there's a decent chance the Clippers are going to do something bon temps. I just don't know if it's going to be with the Raptors. Yeah, I mean the Clippers are always active, right? I think they've made transactions in just about every window um, with this current regime. They're always aggressive. They're always trying to go after it, um, you know. And they've got they do have some interesting young guys. Man mentioned BJ Boston. You got Jason Preston, who's an interesting second round pick guard, um, bigger point guard. Played well at the G League Showcase last month. Um, I guess in December now. Um, they've got Terrence Mann, who teams have interest in. They've got a first round pick. You know, they've got some stuff they could package together to go get somebody. They also have a lot of salaries they could just put together. You know, they and then there's Jackson's expiring. He he would right. go out in one of these deals almost certainly. Yeah. You know, you've got Robert Covington, you've got Kennard, you've got uh, Marcus Morris, you've got, you know, these various guys that they could put in some combination in deals with with the lower salary, younger players to go get, you know, what are these point guards, whether it's Mike Conley or Fred or Kyle Lowry or, you know, I mean, do they like D'Angelo Russell? I don't I mean, I don't know. You know, there's possibility they go after one of those guys. There's a possibility they could go after a bunch of different stuff. I, I, you just, you see them casting their nets in a lot of different directions. Always. You saw last year, they went and got Robert Covington and Norm Powell and, you know, stepped up in salary going forward. They certainly could do that again. Um, you know, I, I think they're one of the teams you ask me who's definitely going to make a move between now and next week. I would say the Clippers are very high on the list. Even if it's just a minor one, I'll be very surprised if they have the same team next Friday that they do right now. And I, I do think they're going to get a starting point guard. And, you know, the the three vets that we mentioned, I think each one of those guys would be really good fits there because, look, Paul George and Kawhi will have the ball a lot, but they want somebody who can, you know, kind of organize the offense and also play off the ball. Van Vliet has proven he can do that. Lowry has proven he can do that with Kawhi Leonard on a championship team. Mike Conley has certainly proven that he can do that. Um, again, Lowry's under under contract for next year. It's it's a pretty big number. Conley's As Kyle under, put it recently, he's got a nice contract. Yes, Conley's <laughs> under contract for next year. I, I it's fourteen mil guaranteed, twenty four mil. Uh, if you keep him, you're you're not if you're trading for Mike Conley, you're not trading to give him fourteen million dollars to walk away. I think that actually might even be a reason to trade for him. The Van Vliet thing. I think you're going to have to pay probably pretty close to max if this Orlando smoke is real. Uh, because, you know, he ain't taking a, a, a steep discount. So do you trade for him saying, hey, we're willing to do that, understanding that that luxury tax bill is already high and will we'll skyrocket? Or are you saying, hey, maybe it's a rental, but we've got Kawhi, we've got Paul George, We've got a, a window that we haven't been able to capitalize on yet, and we need to capitalize on, and 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 decided that that route would even be worth it. All right, we're going to talk about the Jazz next because uh, McMahon was just out there. Do we have trivia, uh, Bon Temps, this week, or did we move past we that? Do. We're on... okay. No, we do. But let's talk about uh, let's talk about the Jazz first because I have to look for look it up. So. I have, have the I have the I have the question, but I have to pull it up. So let's talk about the. You, you, right. so you, you McMahon, can't, you can't expect Bond Temps to be prepared. No, <laughs> it's McMahon, from our guy Matt. Our guy Matt Williams specifically. Oh no, I have it. I have it right here. Our guy Matt Williams specifically reached out to me this week with the trivia question ahead of time. Happy He's birthday like, to Williams. Am I correct? And he ha- just had a birthday. That 
He just had a birthday. That's right. Happy, happy so birthday did, to our guy. So did Brian Wendy Windhorse. He just had his Donovan Mitchell birthday. That's right. It's not appropriate to bring up those kind of numbers. Last, happy birthday last year, <laughs> also. Last year was your Pistol Pete birthday. I did a had my IT department wrong. put together a nice little uh, <laughs> Photoshop. <laughs> You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hit strikeouts, Grand Salami's web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. What's the trivia question, Montemps? So the trivia question is, uh, since we've been out of LeBron James' kick lately with all of his uh, statistical milestones, he and Russell Westbrook are now both in the top 10 in assists all time after Russ got in the top 10 recently. Um, One of these past couple games, he moved into the top 10 all time, and LeBron is now fourth. What was the last time in NBA history that two of the top Mm. 10 players in total assists were on the same team? I was hoping you were going to say scoring and it was going to be easy because it was Carmelo and LeBron <laughs> last year. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Top 10 in assists on the same. That's a really good question. So wait, they they were they were already in the top 10? Well, he just said we're all the, so, we're in the top. So it's 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 like now, like Russell Westbrook and LeBron are in the top 10. They're on the same team. Okay. So it's not guys who ended up in the top 10 on the same team. No, 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 no. So not it's, it's ended not, up. I, I can't I can't go Steve Nash, Jason Kidd long before either no, ended up. No, there. no, 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 <laughs> no, no, not not wound up there, but we're in it at the time they were teammates. All right. I'm gonna cheat and look at the top ten assists list real quick. Let well me... then you're gonna get it. Well, <laughs> yeah, you're okay. gonna get well, it. You you sh- you sure as hell ain't. So I mean, like, we gotta get through <laughs> you're, this. Well, thing. you're right about that. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna look at the list first, that's just an automatic forfeit, but I'll let you look at the list. <laughs> All right, oh, crap. Let me at least at least try it first. <sighs> Top you have any hints, Bontemps? Uh, I don't have any hints because I think I'll give it away if I give any hints. I got this one right away, and Stats was not pleased when I got okay. it. Okay. Was was Mark Jackson part of this duo? Yes? <laughs> it looks like a yes to me. <laughs> okay. Mark Jackson. That is, that, is, that, is, that is a yes. Because that's, a good, that's a good one because he was a sort of a journeyman. He was around. He was moving around at the end of his Mark career. Jackson is one of the two people. That's how All I right. got the answer. I thought of Mark Jackson and got the answer. Now, now I'm trying to think where he was late career. Well, he was in Indiana. Was it like Mark Jackson was Reggie and, top 10? and Rod Reggie Strickland? Top 10? It was not Mark Jackson or Rod Strickland. Don't look up Mark Jackson's career because you will get it if you look it up. 
what about Reggie Miller and, and Mark Jackson? Reggie Miller was in the top ten in another category, pal. Yeah, he I was, know. I don't. He was on the receiving just, end of the assist. I know. Reggie Miller didn't have ten assists in his whole career. I know. He played for 20 years, though. I thought Much maybe less he was top up there. That's one of the worst guesses in the history of trivia. Well, I, he played for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he never, and he never passed the, the ball. No, Gary <laughs> Payton never ended up on the same team as Mark Jackson, did he? No, sir. All right, I am cheating. This is going to go on too long. Mark Jackson ended up on the Utah Jazz. I totally forgotten uh, that. I would never have remembered that. But wait, yeah, Stockton was on that team. There you go. All you, right, you I cheated and I got it. You could have told us the Jazz, and I don't think we would have gotten the other guy besides Stockton. To be honest with you, Bob Thompson. <laughs> exactly. I well, totally I, I thought Jackson's. I thought people might remember that because there was a lot of drama with Mark Jackson and John Stockton at the time when he was there. So um, I, I didn't remember that. Listen, yeah. Well, speaking of the Jazz. As. <laughs> Speaking of the jazz, you you were just out there, uh, McMahon. What is your intelligence that you brought back? When or I believe, I don't think I'm talking outside of school when I said that you got an audience with uh, Danny Ainge, Ryan Smith, and Justin Zanuck, GM, president, right. and owner. I did. Sat right up there in that. Uh, they've got like this nice little owner suite. The players get to take over post game. Went sat upstairs with them and. They call I mean, it the Delta Center yet, or is that not till next year? Uh, that kicks in next year, but they're certainly no, very proud. I think proud. it kicks in like right after the All Star game. Okay, when it kicks in this year, I don't know. Like that's uh, honestly, if you want to ask Ryan Smith about all their sponsorships, he will be happy to tell you all <laughs> about. I assure you that they're very proud of that. But uh, hey, they're bringing back the uh, I forget what it's called the the fan jam. For all star week, I'll tell you all about that too. But hey, jam fest, yeah, they're very excited about jam, that. Jam session, jam session, jam session. Cool, right. that that thing. Uh, uh, Travis Scott was there, sitting right next to Ryan Smith. Not while I was talking to him, but during the game, sports side. Of course not. Uh, anyways, um, so they 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 don't they're very open about yeah. We are 100% open for business and like rubbing our hands together, understand that there is a void for sellers and are, you know, happy to fill that void for the right price. Of course, you know, Justin Zanuck and, and old trader Jan Danny, they ain't, they ain't taking discounts like they're, you know, it, there will be no fire sales. Like if guys get traded, it is for value. Um, and there's three guys who are untouchable is probably too strong a word, but certainly they've made it clear they're not interested in discussing Larry Markin, who should be named an all-star by the time this pod comes out. Walker Kessler, who uh, if he has a lot more performances like he did last night against the Raptors, they're going to have to clear space. Seven blocks. Yes, like 17, 14, and seven. Sleeper rookie of the year, runner-up candidate. I think Ben Carroll is going to be the clear guy. Um, and then they also like Ochai Agbaji. I hope I didn't botch his name. I tend to do that. Uh, anyways, other than that, wide open. We've talked about Conley. You know, hey, you want to call about Jordan Clarkson? They're happy to discuss that. Beasley Vanderbilt. We're hearing a lot of discussion about those two guys as a package. I'll say this, though. The Jazz aren't opposed to even being buyers, you know, to using some of their draft capital if it's the right situation if it's a guy who they think can help him in 25 and 26 you know they have interest in Dorian Finney Smith for example I I don't think nobody on either side I've talked to thinks that one's going to work out but you know um I think that certainly the most likely scenario is they are sellers um and you know Wendy as we talked about on the hit YouTube show howdy partners uh <laughs> they they are likely to make you know like 
I I would certainly anticipate if you put the over under 1.5 guys traded, I'd take the over on that. I might take the under only only because if you look at you know Danny Ainge is sort of famous for being involved in a lot of trade talks and then not making trades. And he likes oh, yeah. he made a few this summer. <laughs> he did make it. He did make a few this summer. But what was the the common theme in those trades this summer was he got the value he wanted and it was a yes. A very good price for the Jazz. And he like aside the side Aside from Bogdanovich, which that was essentially, hey, we're going to get something done by training camp. And they kind of took what they can get. Got Kelly Olenek, who they like, who also could be rerouted right. somewhere by the deadline. That was, I, that was sort of a... Here, here's why I'll take the over. I think it's very likely that Beasley and Vanderbilt are traded. And I think it's it's pretty likely that those guys are traded as a package. Um, and... You know, let's just say one of the rumors that we've heard, are you guys willing to, well, you can aggregate me. One of the rumors that we've heard um, is the, <laughs> what? It just, w- when just, you're looking at I was trade, just, I was just laughing. I was just laughing. Right, when you're all. looking at the trade market, like you have to look at connections and, hey, they've had a lot of conversations with the, the New York Knicks, certainly going back to last summer. You know, those guys have each other's phone numbers. Gerson Rosas, who's kind of in the Justin Zanuck role for the Knicks, where he's handling most of the, you know, day-to-day trade discussions. He is the guy who traded for uh, Malik Beasley, gave Beasley the contract that he's on right now, team option for next year, you know, gave Jared Vanderbilt the contract he's on, which is a, you know, sub $5 million deal. Traded uh, traded for Jared Vanderbilt also from Denver, if I'm not mistaken. There you go. Uh, that's right. He was in that deal too. So, Certainly, they've been traded been, together twice already, <laughs> right? And and this and let hey, let's go for the triple crown. Um, you know that's a possibility. Um, how willing are the Knicks to to part with draft capital? Well, there's a big difference between their own picks and then like the bottom end of what they have, like the picks that have been passed from the Rockets to the Thunder to to the Knicks. Now those heavily protected picks. That, but I'm just saying there could be something. There, Wendy, you you mentioned Beasley as a potential fit in Cleveland. In Listen, New- like- man, there's there's no there's 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 no closer organization in terms of trades right now than the Jazz and the Cavs. Those mm-hmm. those couple of trade lovers have consummated many a deal. Whoa, in the, uh, I think it's I five like trades in the last four years. All that imagery. Years. <laughs> <laughs> you know. The Hoop Collective, now sponsored by. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm Stick not around. gonna. We have uh, the, yeah, don't, don't. the pill company. We're, we're a Disney. We're a Disney we're podcast. Um. Yes. The, they have. You know. I don't think in, it's uh, a, in some of those movies. There's not a natural trade that I see. Uh, Beasley for, um, Levert doesn't really make a ton of sense, but um, it's possible three team trade could get involved there. Um, Beasley. The Cavs are in bad need of uh, of a of a floor stretching threat, um, which yeah. is why they've been attached to Tim Hardaway as well. Um, you know, Beasley Beasley takes six, seven, eight threes just warming up. Uh, yes, and you know, and the Cavs just don't have that kind of threat right now. He's not the perfect fit, but um, when all else fails, just assume the Cavs and the Jazz might make a deal because I think they've made a deal on around the deadline like three of the last four years, uh, mm-hmm. and it's been plus a summer. Plus, obviously. obviously the the Donovan trade, um, but yeah, I, I I don't think that's a I don't think that's as likely. But um, 
But I also have heard Vanderbilt in separate deals. You know, right. Vanderbilt's a backup player. He's a he's a he plays hard. He's not. He's an energy know. guy, right? Yeah. He's a, he's he's a he's really an undersized five uh, energy guy. But there there's interest in him. Um, interest in Beasley, you know, Olenek is, is, you know, Bontemps, you mentioned plug and play. He's certainly not at the, the level of a Ananobi, totally different type of player, but in terms of like a big who, who can shoot, who's a, a good passer screener kind of, you know, keeps things, you know, kind of the oil in an engine offensively, uh, there, there'll be interest in him. I think Clarkson, you know, it, it, as far as the potential, Guys that they're they're discussing, I think Clarkson probably would would get the most in return, um, and you know we'll see what happens. I, I I would be very surprised if if the the Jazz aren't one of the more active teams though. Yeah, so I think whether it's over or under one and a half, would you take the over on one player traded, Bontemps? Um, that's the same question as. One no, is one not. and a half. No, I would say no, it's, it's not. not. If it was the same as one like, and a half, it wouldn't be. It would be. All right, forget the, about it. All right. Uh, the, <laughs> the only time Bontemps hadn't been willing to yap, <laughs> it was like a brief moment of silence from Bontemps that was refreshing. <laughs> I just think the Jazz are one of the most likely teams to sell in a, in a market where we don't have yes. a, a lot of sellers identified. We we know that. Um, so I want to just keep an eye on a situation in Denver that's developing right now. Look, Denver looks great. Um, they're playing at home tonight. Uh, we'll see what the Warriors put out there tonight after they went to overtime last night. They might have another home win by the time this comes out. Um, they've been one of the best home teams in the league, but we've got a little situation with Bones Highland, who is one of the more interesting young guards in the league, um, has been like so many draft picks that Tim Connolly made when he was uh, president of the Nuggets. They just draft really, really well. Um, they don't bat a thousand, but they've gotten a lot of key players late in the draft. And of course, Jokic was a grand slam. I mean, Tim, Tim Connolly drafts really well for uh, the Nuggets in the past and the Jazz. Hey, <laughs> that's true because Gobert, right, well, Gobert, Mitchell, yeah. Walker Kessler, like he's Walker really Kessler. Good. Yep. Well, he Walker Kessler was really... a good pick. That was a good pick. Yeah. Uh, Connolly drafted him. He, he traded him a little later, but uh, clearly a good pick. Um, but anyway, uh, Bones Highland, a little bit at odds with coaching staff there. Oh, wow. We are downplaying. Bones Highland is getting traded. It's a matter of where and for what. I don't want to make it a, a total assumption, but the situation with him and, and Michael Malone has been degrading. Um, he left the game uh, last week and went to the locker room. It's still not 100% clear what happened there. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. And, you know, this is a guy on his rookie contract. I've heard three or four teams already that have interest, uh, whether or not they can find a deal. Remember the, the nuggets, he plays a, a key role for them. Um, but remember the nuggets, they're trying to win the whole thing. So they, you know, they have to be mindful that if they make a move with a, with a rotation player, that they get a rotation player back that goes to that goal. So that's why well, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but. And the other thing is, you, you say a, a rotation player. Is he going to be a rotation player come playoff time? Are they going well, to trust him right to be now, on the floor come the playoff time? The situation is bad. But I, but I can't assume the way something is in January is going to be the same in, in April. Well, I mean, I've been it. around long enough to know that. 
Bones is a, a super fun player, fellow A-10 guy, went to VCU, but he's also shooting 39.9% from the field as a score first point guard that's not exactly a great defensive player. So I would say if Denver can turn him into a guy that can really help them in the playoffs and be a, a guy that they feel good about being in their rotation or get them something that could turn into something that could get them that sort of player, I think that would make a lot of sense for Denver. That's just my opinion on him. And he's also played 11 or fewer minutes in four of his last eight games. Uh, a couple of those games are, you know, was certainly a little bit uh, mysterious is, you know, were his, it wasn't D and PCD. It was what DPM didn't play much. And then the was it CD PD player decision? Like it got a little murky there. Things got a little, a little murky. Yeah, I, I don't want to um, get, to last night against the Pelicans, here, but... sub five minutes, four minutes, 43 seconds. Um, I th- it would be very surprising if he is not traded. And my understanding is part of the reason things got haywire is because, you know, it got out there. Hey, they're shopping him. And as a young, you know, maybe not the most mature guy in the world, sensitive, like, the trade rumors affect guys different ways. And I think especially young players, like he feels maybe betrayed, uh, you know, like they're like, like they're giving up on him, Um, and so that complicates the situation, but I think bones gets traded and I'm just going to, I'm going to throw one potential scenario out there. And this is more dot connecting than reporting. Um, But you mentioned Tim Conley drafted right? Tim Conley obviously likes the guy. The and, and the word is that the Nuggets have been looking for like a bigger wing defender, but the other pretty significant... Who isn't, who isn't looking exactly, for a big wing right. defender? And, and, and especially on a small salary, that's a lot easier said than done. Like that, That's part of the thing. Like We can talk about Matisse Thibel, maybe, but when you're talking about a small salary like Bones, it's, that, that complicates the, the trade process just because it's hard to find the money match. Um, especially for a team that's, you know, in the tax. Um, so Tim Connolly now, Hey, do the nuggets want to deal with him? How do things go? Whatever. You're trying to win a championship. Nas Reed would absolutely be a huge addition to the nuggets who, to me, their biggest rotation question is what the hell are we doing in the playoffs for the eight or 10, 12 minutes per game that, the Joker needs to to rest, and Nas Reed, who you know last DeAndre night had Jordan. another. <laughs> just a, it's just a way for McMahon to get DeAndre Jordan into the pot yet again. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to point out their depth chart. That was all. I was just being responsible. By the way, DeAndre Jordan, if it is a uh, Matisse Thibel thing, he would very. I think there's a decent chance he'd be reuniting with Doc in Philly. Um, is is oh. part of that deal? But anyways. Um, Nas Reed, the the it's an interesting situation with him, and there's a lot of, of of noise about him because of this in Minnesota, where he's going to be an unrestricted free agent after this year, and he has played well this year with with Cat going down. He's played more than anticipated. Gobert's missed some time. You know, when he starts, he's averaging like. 17 and seven and a half rebounds, something like that. Played great in a win last night uh, against the Warriors. I think he's getting at least full mid-level money, if not more. 
uh, this summer. If, if you're Minnesota and, and, you know, like, I mean, they've, they've been trying to, I think they've been talking about an extension during the season, you know, well, how much very really, hard how much for me to see why this, it's very hard for me to see why this trade makes sense for, um, for Minnesota at this point. Well, I, I think the reason it makes sense is because how much you willing to pay to keep Nas Reed. And if you're not willing to pay what it's going to take, which I would, you know, if I'm him, I, I need a pretty significant number to be willing to sign an extension right now. Cause I like the idea of exploring free agency coming off what he's done this season. Then you're getting a guy that Conley obviously really likes. It's a proven, you know, he's proven that he can score in this league. Again, my only just... thing is Minnesota's actually finally started to catch a rhythm. They had a nice comeback over the Warriors on Wednesday mm-hmm. night. I think they're 12 and five since the new year, something like that. I think they've got the third best record in the league since the new year. It's actually like getting better there. Anthony Edwards is putting some stuff together there, you know, in is. a good place is less focused on Gobert. I mean, like it's not hunky dory to use that phrase. I got, mocked for using that phrase a few weeks ago use it again but i mean they're moving in the right direction there so i don't i mean i i don't know if they touch that roster quite frankly with carl towns you know on the horizon coming back well and yeah i'm saying you you're hearing a lot of smoke about nas reed philly's another team that apparently has some uh some significant interest i think there. philly is uh what do you think Bontemps? i think you know mcmahon mentioned matisse thibel he's you know he's sort of Reduce. I mean, he was the first guy off the bench last year. He was their sixth man, and they're so much mm-hmm. deeper now. They don't. They barely use him. I've heard him attached to three or four different teams. The salary is low, so right. we're not talking about a, a significant thing. But you know, Philly is twenty-one and five. Uh, you know, and they're you know, and they've been pre- pretty much the most impressive team in the East um, for a few for like six, eight weeks now, six, seven weeks now. Um, not pretty you know, much about Philly. Not pretty much. The most impressive. I if I wait if I'm the, the next Sixers, hole, can't wait till the next drop hole. Woo, oh, baby! It's gonna be not a the good only one. one. It's gonna oh, be there will be some one. there will be some jackasses uttered after that one. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it is it is the BS poll, the Bontemp straw poll. We need to work on the branding here. I will be if I was the Sixers, and this is just me talking. I'd be doing everything I could to go all in this year. I think they have a real chance to win. I think if they had a difference-making player, they become, to me, the favorites, possibly, to win the title. And after they beat Denver the other day, and Jokic and Embiid went at it, Embiid had a dominant performance and won, I have never heard him talk about his team the way he did after that game. He is really excited. He, I think, believes in this group. I think that group believes in itself as a whole. You see James Harden is playing great. He has settled into a really nice role there. They've got Tyrese Maxey coming off the bench. He's accepted that role. De'Anthony Melton bounces that starting lineup out. You saw P.J. Tucker play great in that game, really shut down Jokic, got up into him, totally messed up Denver's durable handoff stuff in the second half of that game. If I was Philly and I could add a difference-making piece, I'd be really aggressively trying to do it. The real thought for the past month or two has been the Sixers are right now just a little bit over the tax line. The main thought has been Philly's probably just going to get under the tax line, and that's more or less what they're going to do. Um, so I think they're like maybe a million or a million and a half over. Um, but if I was the Sixers, I'd be pretty aggressively trying to get better because this thing is wide open and they've got a real shot. And I think their players think they have a real shot and they have some ammunition to go do something if they want to try to get aggressive. And I, 
don't know what they're going to do, but I'd be trying to do it. What's the Daryl Morey quote that's sort of become well-known? 5% thing. What was it? You have a 5% chance to win a championship. Basically, you go for it. They've got a 5% chance. And yeah, so this Daryl Morey's MO is absolutely to go for it. And again, it's it's similar situation to the Nuggets. Like probably the biggest glaring hole in your roster, I'm sorry, in your rotation, is uh, is also the least important spot. That's because you've got an MVP candidate at center. But in well, I well, I don't even think that's a hole because uh, PJ Tucker, I think, will be playing backup center in the playoffs when it comes down possible. to it. But I'd be talking about it to me. I'm talking about like trying to trade for guys in the top seven rotation spots in the playoffs, like the move Boston made last year, getting Derek White. I, obviously, Derek White's I can trade to Philly, but I mean, like that right. kind of addition. You add a difference making player like that to this Philly roster to upgrade what they've got. I think you've got to put them right at the top of any list of teams that can win if they do so. So that they're I'm in, I'm really interested with the way they've played the past several weeks to see how aggressive they are over the next week. Cause I think they're I, I think to me they've impressed me to the point where I've moved them up a bit from where I thought they were. And I think mm-hmm. they've got a real shot. And I, I'll be anxious to see to your point, Tim. Daryl's always never been or has never been shy about being aggressive. Let's see how aggressive he is over the next week try to make this team better for the ones who get it done ranger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions plus their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer call or click ranger.com or just stop by Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. And what what about, you mentioned Boston. What about Boston? Um, I would guess, I think the most likely move the Celtics make is to move Danilo Gallinari and save money. I don't know if they're even going to do that, but if they just traded him to, say, Indiana for some seconds, it would save them tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, I just I just noticed they're sick. They're paying. They haven't paid the tax in a decade or like 11 years. They're paying 60 million dollars in tax. No, they're doing well. They're doing well. But yeah, and if they and if they, they, they just to be track. San Antonio for some seconds at, the, at Indiana still like, got about 10 million and they got Gallo they? from okay. they got Gallo from yeah, Gallo was trade. traded oh, to oh, San Antonio. Right. Yeah. So he'd have to I mean, he could in theory get rerouted somewhere and ended up in San Antonio. But um they could only trade him to Indiana or somewhere else, but I, they, they they do. The one thing Boston has is that they have some guys that they could sort of cobble together. They could take Peyton Pritchard and Blake Griffin and Sam Hauser, like put those three players together and you'd be able to get the money up to a, where you could make an offer with a future pick. Um, Yeah. But that's still not very much money. I mean, you could take Gallinari and Peyton Pritchard and even get closer. 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I think there's a chance. I mean, look, you know, maybe they try to add, you know, some sort of supporting piece, but I think it's more likely that they just roll with what they've got. Um, I know they've scuffled they, a little they, bit. They could use another big man. I yeah, I guess. I mean, people keep talking about that, but to me, Actually, I don't let see... me just rephrase that. I, I should stop messing around. I hear Boston is looking for another big man. Yeah, okay. I mean, there's been there's been some talk about that, and I, I could see some merit in it. At the same time, I don't really see these guys expending any sort of significant asset to add, you know, a big man, you know, trading a first round pick for a big man or something. I just don't think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, there's not a big on the market that if they trade a pick for, they're going to be able to replace what Robert Williams does if he gets hurt. So to me, True. maybe they add a depth piece, but Luke Cornett, I think, has been fine. I, you know, I their top eight is really good. They feel really good about their team. I I think they'd have to get something pretty significant on the table to look to move more picks to upgrade from where could, they're at. Could the Mavs interest them in a uh, in a slightly used Christian Wood, a, a guy who I know the Celtics <laughs> sniffed around about when he was on the Rockets? I just, I think it would be tough. I think it would be tough to get them to do that. I just don't, because then you're talking about probably trading one of their main rotation players. I just don't. I just don't see them doing something like that. I mean, who so knows? The other, Maybe they will, but so the, so the one kind of significant name that we haven't talked about is Boyan Bogdanovich from the Pistons. This is a guy who I couldn't believe we got traded for what he got traded for. Yeah. Considering the hauls that they got for Gobert and Donovan, that they just didn't wait to see what he, because if he had played this well in Utah, like I think they could have done better. So well, like the anyway, man said though, there were certain circumstances there that they were adhering to. So I understand, but it's, there, it's not, a, it's not a written law of the United States of America. So it's, it's, it's the one non non value trade that uh, the Jazz have made in the Danny Ainge era. Well, congrats to the, uh, I'm not sure Danny Ainge would agree with that though. Cause he really likes Kelly Lane. Look, Kelly Olenek is a nice player. He's not as valuable. Like the Jazz ain't, you know, <laughs> nobody's given up a, a, a first round pick for Kelly Olenek. And I think like that's certainly a possibility for Bogdanovich. But like it sounds like the, the Pistons are like, hey, we want to be competitive next year. Cade's coming back. We're getting a high lottery pick. We need Boyan knocking down jump shots, scoring an efficient 20 points per game and being a vet in the locker room. They also signed him to a very palatable and team-friendly extension, which some people thought in the league, they're like, oh, they just signed him to that to make his value more because he's the mm -hmm. classic guy that if you try to trade for, he's headed to unrestricted free agency. You might not be able to keep him. And people thought it was a maneuver to make him more valuable in trade, but why, why does that have to be the case? Also, I just am not hearing his name out there. Um, I certainly don't have the market cornered on trade rumor stuff, but I just haven't heard his name. So um, I know that that's like the name that a lot, you know, like the Laker fans have been dying for, for months and oh, the Mavericks you know, fans have been dying for him too, but Cleveland fans have been dying for him. I'm, I'm like, you're yeah. not getting him. I, I do Cleveland radio. You're not, they ask me every week, you're not getting Boyan Bogdanovich. Forget about it. Um, but what a uh, humble brag. I do Cleveland radio. 
God, yes, celebrity that we deal with. Yeah, I'm a member of their team. Thank you very much. I guess if I can um, plug the hit show, hit you. We do know. I was going to say, you can get that one in. I was going to say, there's <laughs> nobody promoting anything on this pod, so God forbid. <laughs> um, did we forget anything? I'm sure we did. Ah, uh, I'm trying to. Oh, we. I think we wanted to maybe hit on the Hawks coming off of a blowout win in Phoenix. Um, yeah, Phoenix so- had just Phoenix had won six out of seven. Looking like they had some traction. Didn't uh, never Booker, Booker back c- next week. Coming back, I think Tuesday. Woj said, and then yeah, the here Hawks in Brooklyn, just smacked them. I when I went to bed, it was thirty-five points. The thirty-five point spread when I went to bed. The the absence uh, of Dwayne Washington Jr. was really felt in that game. Hey, the 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 Suns have done some decent end of roster maneuvers. Damian Lee is um, is one of the leading league, league leaders in three-point shooting. They got nobody else wanted him. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I'm not, I'm, you know, Atlanta has been hard to read. Uh, I've said that I've actually felt that they've been, they've played a little bit better. Um, John Collins has been in so many trade rumors, but so, so many long. of the trade rumors <laughs> are three team trades. I wish I had a share of Apple stock for every time I've heard a different three team iteration of a John Collins trade rumor over the last 17 months. And it's very, I mean, like he might get traded next week, but it's very, very hard for me to seriously take, you know, to seriously think it's going to happen because I've been through the ringer on this a number of times. I don't know how you feel. I know that Utah, you were saying earlier that Utah may, may buy. That's a player that has been attached yeah, that, to Utah. But, but I'll say this, but I, I think that one is unlikely because I think Utah would say, Hey, we like the player, but not at that salary for that. You know, like it's not a good contract. So Hey, and we can give you pieces that can help you now. Again, we can talk about we mentioned all the guys. The picks got a the the pick or whatever the draft capital is has to go from Atlanta to Utah. I think that is is difficult. Obviously, no way. Atlanta's looking for a pick for Collins. Exactly. Sending so a pick that, that's why I think it's going to be extremely difficult. I think it's going to be extremely difficult for them to get that kind of value. That does, for by the way, Collins. thirty second timeout. That does sound like a Danny Ainge position to take. Hundred percent. All right, we'll take John Collins and a first. (laughs) What? Like, I mean, that sounds like something he would a position he would take. It's I mean, the Jazz are certainly going to be leaning even harder into the typical Danny Ainge position, which is I'm making a trade when it's good for me. And squeeze, 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 because if squeeze, because if because if the Jazz make no trades, doesn't really matter. They have a billion picks already. They got all these young guys. They're like they're doing just fine. Uh, Although the one thing I will say. Uh, they were talking about just how boring the draft was. I've actually got a story coming out, and that's what I, I lead with. Danny Ainge was just so bored in the draft. They didn't have, you know, they had no picks. They had nothing going on. They're over the cap. Like, Danny Ainge, if he just wanted to chill in a rocking chair, he could have done that. He could go play golf. He still does play golf a lot of days, but he could go play golf every – like, he's ready – He he's about the action right now. You know, um, he likes doing stuff, but again, only on – his terms. He ain't just going to do it for the sake of doing it. But back to Collins. Hey, if it was easy to get value for Collins on that contract, it would have been done several trade cycles ago. Let's just be honest, right? 
And the the other thing that I have heard is that obviously there's been a regime change in Atlanta, Landry Fields. Um, not sure if he's the youngest GM in the league, but certainly one of them. You know, not too far removed from being a player. You know, can relate to players in a way that few, if any, other GMs in the league can. And I've I've heard there might be some like, hey man, like you know, we we still like love them up a little bit. Like, hey, you know, it can still work here. You know, rah, 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 sis, boom, bah. Uh, I've, I've heard that's a possibility as they continue to take calls on them. There's well, a might be a, of, might be a possibility of out of necessity. So a couple of midseason regime changes in Atlanta and also Matt Ishbia apparently days away from getting control of the Suns. So that's kind of so, hard to... And, and that puts James Jones in a very interesting position. And I'm not going to sit here and not say... Not the James with... Jones that I know. I'm going to tell you something about the James Jones. Okay. James Jones that I know is going to do what he wants to do, and he's not going to get pushed around or he's not going to get made to hurry up. And if Matt Ishbia wants to have a different front office there at some point, okay. But the James Jones that I know is very rooted in what he intends to do. Mm -hmm. And Monty Williams is the same way. They are on the same wavelength there. So, uh, look, the owner comes in and says we're going to do something. Obviously, the owner has the team, but right. um, uh, I don't. I don't think James Jones is going to just. That's not who he is. That's not who he is. That's not the team that he built. So I mean, I'm sure the Suns are looking at things to improve. They have been for a while. They're in a. <laughs> they might want to eventually trade Jay Crowder instead of uh, you know. I mean, I cannot fathom the them Pony not Express. trading Jay Crowder and ending up having to buy him out. Um, but you know the 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 favorite for weeks there has been Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if at the buzzer and there's no if there's no three team trade that they just take what Milwaukee's offering. Uh, maybe that's what Mil- Milwaukee isn't improving their offer. Um, or at least doesn't seem like they are. So um, they did allow Jay Crowder to go meet with the Bucks. Jay Crowder hasn't played a game since May. I don't I don't I don't know. Um, but I also, but I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna be because James Jones is being pushed around. That's my, that's my reading the situation from the outside. Well, I'm just saying that new owner. Um, I think there's some uncertainty moving forward there, and then just naturally, like, dude, Chris Paul's starting to like, hey, is he you know tap back into the fountain of youth? Has he gotten some you know whatever? But like, you talk about a team in a win now situation. That window's closing. So without even I don't the know ownership, about that. I mean, the Chris Paul window is closing, but Devin Booker. I mean, one thing that's happened in the last few weeks is Miles Bridges has been unlocked a little bit. I don't think mm-hmm. he's headed to be, um, you know, a perennial All Star. But without Booker, they moved Miles Bridges from being a stand in the corner player to a wing player, and he's done some stuff. I don't think he's going to be crossing dudes over and pulling up, but he's like six seven with really long arms, and he create separation with it and he can make shots. And, you know, uh, again, you, they're not going anywhere unless they got Booker being Booker, mm-hmm. but like they got, they might've actually found some stuff with miles bridges. That is, I, I'm not writing off the suns at all. What, no matter what they do not, at the deadline, not, uh, the, not, the West not, is too, not, the West is too uncertain. Not miles bridges. What'd you say? Not miles bridges. The, the other bridges. Thank God. Yeah. I'm the, not getting enough rest. It's, okay. it's just a sign of sign of age. It is a sign of age. The big Donovan Mitchell's catch. You know what it is? That's exactly what it is. That's right. Um, 
Certainly. What a happy birthday for Brian. <laughs> All right. All that hair product you used, does it include some uh <laughs> you know, just for men? Are, are, are no, you no absolutely are, not? Are you I'm, are you competing gray... against no, why? Why why do you say that? I'm not I'm just asking. I know you're a big hair product guy. I'm just asking. Um no, if it was up to me, I would wear my hair like you. You used to back in your more aerodynamic days. I know. I, it would be much better. I wish I didn't have to use hair products. No, I will age gracefully. There's, the gray is coming. There's no, there's no stopping it. It's, I think it, you know, it's not a good look to dye your hair when you're in your 40s, I don't think. Um, but anyway. I know, I know uh, some people who do it in their 60s. <laughs> so do I. Um, all right. Uh, thank you, Bontemps. Thank Sweat you, man. Stairmaster. <laughs> Thank you to Bruce and Jackson, our producers. Trade deadline next week. We'll be doing it. God, by the way, next Thursday could be the day LeBron breaks the record and the trade deadline. And there's a five-hour show. NBA Today has a five-hour show that we'll all be involved in for the trade deadline. You think I'm babbling and making mistakes and thinking Ty Lue's going to play point guard for the Clippers now? Wait till that show. Holy Moses. It's going to be ugly. Everybody have a good weekend. Thanks for listening. Adios, amigos. 